Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 322. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by our sponsor of the podcast, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online team. This week, we're going to be talking about something that's super important, post-test anxiety. And what do we do when we're in that limbo, right? We take the test and we don't know, do I need to restudy? Do I need to reschedule? Do I need to, should I apply? We're going to talk about all that kind of fun stuff. Before we jump in though, don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com and their amazing free account, which includes their study planner tool, a half-length diagnostic, a free full-length exam, and much more. Go check it out at blueprintmcat.com. Nor, welcome to the MCAT podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. Again, again. I am excited to have you back again and go through a bunch of fun topics over the next few weeks as we uh, will record today. Uh, But the first one, I I think, is a topic that I think is near and dear to lots of students' hearts because that waiting period between when you take your test and when you actually get your score back is probably the worst 60 years of a student's life because that's about how how long it feels, um, those those 30 days or so waiting between taking the test and getting the score. It feels feels like 60 years. Um, So I'm super interested to hear about your expert opinion and advice for how students should be dealing with that time. Um, yeah, it's purgatory. I remember it. Um, I actually think I blocked it out for a bit. And then I think the week before I was supposed to get my score back, I think that's when the anxiety started settling in. So that's one coping mechanism, right? Try to forget it as much as possible. Mm. Um, but I think like a few things that I think are really helpful to think about in that month and for everyone, it's different, right? Like for some folks, it's going back, like, they're in school or they're in work. And so it's a little bit more intensive. Like you maybe don't have as much time to think about it because you have other responsibilities, which is a good thing. Um, But you might still think about it. And, you know, I, I, if you're like a super warrior like me, I'm not warrior, warrior. I want to make that clear. (laughs) You can be Uh both. Yeah. (laughs) You, you know, you might get into a little bit of a spiral. And I remember during that month, I was like, thinking about this one question that I had no clue how to answer in my bio bio section. And I just like, kept thinking about it. And I was like, I need to stop thinking about it. The test is done. It's turned in. There's nothing I can do about it. 
what I would say a few things to think about is try to pack that month with a lot of like good things that can help you um, get into a better mindset. So I think like if you're able to do that, whether it's seeing friends and family, doing really fun things, some folks have the financial capacity to like travel or and time to do that, um, whether it's like trying out a new hobby or just kind of being more um, intentional about doing more fun things and things that bring you joy and can sort of take you out of that constant state of anxiety and stress of just thinking about the test um, is a good thing to do. And I would say also step away from anything MCAT related. So whether it's your preparation material and, oh my God, please stay away from Reddit and SDN. Honestly, I don't even know the acronym properly because I never went on there. Um, (laughs) Definitely SDN. SDN, yeah. Yeah. So please stay away from those because those can also invoke a lot of anxiety and make it worse because um, other folks are freaking out on those threads and then you start freaking out and it's just like a really bad like chain reaction of worrying even more. So try to like put yourself in an environment that takes you away from thinking about the exam too much. And it's also a mindset change, right? It's a shift where realizing, you know, the test is already turned in. There's nothing more that you can do. And the score that you get is the score that you get. But I also think a lot of us can catastrophize, right? And say, well, it's almost like if I don't do well on this exam, then my life is over. But technically your life is not over. You're still going to live and breathe as a human being. And also the amount of folks who retake the exam, if that has to happen, because I know some people sometimes like to think of like the worst case scenario, and that's okay. Some of us just think that way. The worst case scenario is that you would have to retake the exam. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a podcast episode about that. But there are so many folks that retake the exam, even really high scores, you know, like, believe it or not. So um, that is something to keep in mind if you want to think about worst case scenario. But really try to stay away from everything MCAT related (laughs) possible during that month. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I, there are a couple of things I want to follow up on, but the, the one he talked about, like stay away from student doctor network, everyone's panicking and you don't want to kind of get involved in that. Um, it, it reminded me of a house episode where they're like flying and everyone starts to show symptoms of like bacterial, like meningitis or something. And then at the end of the day, it was like just everyone panicking because one person was sick. And so everyone else started to like have sympathy sickness. Uh, It was the weirdest episode. And that's just you talking about going on to SDN and seeing other people freak out. You're like, oh my gosh, they're freaking out. Should I freak out? Now I'm freaking out. And it's just like, stop the madness. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everybody's experience is different, right? Like for some folks, it's just, this is the thing that we forget. Like everybody's experience is so different for the exam. I mean, it's like, and also I feel like sometimes people are not very truthful on these posts. You know, you don't know what people are putting out there, right? Like maybe they see they felt really good, but maybe they didn't, or maybe they're freaking out, but they're being really hard on themselves. They actually did well. Right. So it's like, you don't know the person, like you're only seeing things from one lens. And that's one thing that we always have to remember when people talk about their experience, that they are being not objective, they're being subjective. 
right? So yeah. that's one thing to take into consideration. So there are lots of students who will leave their test day and go, oh my gosh, that was horrible. I bombed it. Uh, I'm going to jump right back in. I'm going to log on to the AAMC website as soon as I'm home or even while I'm in the car on my phone and and go (laughs) register for the next date that I can and then jump right back in to prep. What are your thoughts about doing that? I fully don't agree with that. I mean, I understand the urge to, right? But I would say that you don't know how the exam is going to be scored. You can be in your mind, you thought you may have done bad, but you may not have done bad at like you've been, you may have done quite well or pretty decently. Also, one thing to consider is that as much as you think you're going to be able to start prepping again, your mind is exhausted and it needs a break, right? Especially if you've been doing it intensely for two to three months or however long, it's not, you're going to feel downtrodden. It's going to be difficult. You need to take a break, whether you actually did well or didn't do well. You need to give yourself a, a, like time to recuperate. If you're thinking that you may have to retake it, maybe just thinking about, okay, how do I do better next time? But honestly, I would say don't start prepping again or thinking about booking another exam date till you receive your score. Because we sometimes think of ourselves in not good ways, but things are not actually as bad as they may seem, right? So you really never know. So you have to give yourself the opportunity to um, see how you ended up actually doing, right? That's really, really important. And then again, you need that break. I, I just can't emphasize to people that enough that we just don't, and I can talk about this for years, we don't take care of our mental health enough. We think that just because our body, physical body is capable in doing well, that our mental state can do the same. And that's not true, right? Like we still need a break. And I mean, after I took my MCAT, I immediately like checked out. I went on a trip with my girlfriends and I was like, nope, not even thinking about this. And we even celebrated that I was done with the MCAT, right? That's a celebration. Even if you didn't do well, that's a celebration to be had that you did, you finished the exam. That is like such a great feat. So please don't like fall into the urge of booking your next exam. Give yourself a break. Even if you end up retaking, that's okay step away from it for a while. And I promise that's actually going to be really helpful because you'll come back with a refreshed mind and a refreshed perspective on what you can do better next time. And that'll be much more beneficial for you. And I almost compare it to like when you're trying to study and you're like half asleep Mm -hmm. and it's like, is that studying that you just did even useful? Like, did you actually retain? Yeah. Did you actually retain anything that you just studied? Like, No. So think about it in the same way, right? If your body is physically tired, then your mind can be mentally tired as well. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. The, the whole like celebration that that you had with your girlfriends after taking the test, right? You weren't celebrating a score. (laughs) You were celebrating being done and achieving something. And I think that is something that we don't do enough as humans of of yeah. celebrating and, and I'm first in line with, with that problem right yeah. we don't celebrate the the small steps and a lot of times we only look at the finish line and in this particular case 
students are waiting for that score to wait on whether or not they want to celebrate. And I think that's a huge disservice to our psyche, to our, our passion, to our drive and motivation and burnout and all of that stuff to just sit back and go, you know what? I've been crushing it for three months, for four months, for six months, studying, working as hard as I can. Sure, I slipped up every once in a while and probably should have studied a little bit more, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I just did something that, oh gosh, what is it? Like 90,000 students a year take the MCAT. Like what is that population? Like 90,000 out of 300 million, 330 million people. It's a very small percentage of people yeah. that are sitting for the MCAT and taking the MCAT. And you were one of them. Sure, maybe you don't ultimately get the score that you want and you're going to get right back into that hamster wheel. But celebrate the fact that you did take it and yeah. that you finished it once. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully not more than yeah. once. But. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, every time I tell my friends um, who are not in the medical field that this exam was like eight hours, like this is inhumane, right? So just put it, let your friends that are not in the medical field also put you into perspective, which yeah. a lot of my uh, girlfriends are not. So, um, and that's why they also encourage me to celebrate because they're like, that's such a huge feat, right? Like that is who wants to take an exam for eight hours. And I told them, I was like, wait until you hear about the board exams. <laughs> um, you know. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. And um, so- uh, yeah, like I think it's really important for us to, as you were saying, to celebrate those achievements. And a lot of times the way that the pre-med path has been shaped is to minimize these um, important components. And I think it's, does, it's not fair to us at all. And I think that it's, a, again, a mindset, <laughs> mindset shift where you tell yourself, even while you are studying for the MCAT, that I'm going to celebrate every single um, milestone in my practice, right? Whether it's a one-point goal score increase or whether it's you finished everything you wanted to study for in one day and not just celebrating like a 10-point score increase, right? And so the same, this kind of mindset is really important, not just during the MCAT and beyond, like afterwards right away, but um, it's really important later on when you're in medical school and in medical uh, practice to give yourself a celebration of all the small wins. So I'm, I'm actually very grateful that I did that. And when we at Blueprint, we always ask students, like, please think of something that you're going to do right after the MCAT. And sometimes folks are like, I'm going to get back to work. And I'm like, please at least take a day off and do something fun. Yeah, yeah seriously. I'm like, I don't know, go skydiving. Um, <laughs> do something that is fun. And I mean, I, it was funny because I like celebrated with my girlfriends and we were driving, um, you know, somewhere in the Orange County in California. And I literally let down my window and I screamed, I finished the MCAT. And it was like the most exhilarating feeling. So please, yeah. please celebrate those wins. And uh, that's that's such a big one. Seriously, I don't think most of the world's population can take an eight hour exam and survive. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> funny. I, I just picture as you're talking, I picture 
um, Nashville, which is like bridesmaid mecca uh, uh, for for like bridal party or uh, bridesmaids parties. What do, what do you call that? Uh, uh, bachelorette uh, party. Bachelorette party. <laughs> um, yeah, I should know. I just recently went to one. <laughs> for for a bachelorette party and and everyone's wearing their sashes um yeah. that's like bride to be and 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 bridesmaid and whatever like we should make one that's like um mcat survivor <laughs> it's just yeah, like no, you wear that on your night out after you take the mcat yes i think you just gave me a really great etsy idea oh, so yeah. i may or may not capitalize <laughs> on what you just said i, I um, want 10 percent commissions yes you got it um but yeah no i agree again like it always put into perspective all the things that we choose to celebrate because society tells us to and try to insert in your own ways the things that you want to celebrate and you want to make a big deal out of. And I'm very grateful to have friends who've always emphasized that to me. And so, you know, have your family plan something with you for you or your friends. And it's totally worth it because I like having that small vacay after I took my MCAT, just I felt like kind of rejuvenated me. I was around people that I love. I was having a great time. And I think it set me up pretty well for that month after the MCAT while I was waiting for my scores, except maybe yeah, like the two days before when I started to feel the anxiety creep back in, which is normal, right? Like mm-hmm. we can only control it to a certain point. Yeah. So, so I, yeah. I, I hear you, right? You, you say like step away, relax, do something else. But what truly for the student who maybe maybe knows, right? Maybe they just, they know that they're gonna have to retake the test. Mm. What is your recommendation for kind of a reset period, uh, a retake period, right? Should they, yeah. if they're going in scoring 490s on their full length exams, goes and takes sits for the test anyway takes it and then's like i know i'm not going to do super well here so i'm going to go register for the test that's in one month and in a month i'll have a better score like no. talk about those students that that maybe need a, a deeper uh um more heart-to-heart talk yeah i would say first of all i'm team like take not maybe as much time as you need to study for the MCAT, but I don't agree with like giving yourself just one month. Right. So I would say if you left that exam center and you're like, okay, I am probably going to have to retake the exam. And that's, that's valid. There are folks that are pretty sure about that. I would say the first thing is you still want to take at least a week off, right? You still deserve a break. You still ran a marathon, even if you didn't finish in the top, you know, performers, you still ran that marathon. And just like somebody who ran a marathon, no matter where they ended up at the finish line and the ranking, you still tell them to go rest, right? So Mm -hmm. it's very, very important to still give yourself a break. I would say the next thing you want to do is you want to take the time to understand where you went wrong in your practice, right? And your study, like doing a deep dive analysis, I know folks are very tempted to just dive into practice again and review, but you, it's almost like, you know, I I don't know what it is with me and analogies. I love analogies for some reason. It's almost like you are riding a bike and then the bike has a flat tire. And instead of investigating the issue and realizing that you have a flat tire, you continue to try to ride the bike. Right. And, but it's going nowhere. And so what is really important is you have to investigate the last time you studied what went 
wrong, right? Was it the fact that you didn't have enough time? Was it the fact that your the times that you set out to study weren't the most productive for you? Was it that you had too much on your plate? Was it that you were focusing too much on review, content review, and not enough on practice and strategy, right? So you have to give yourself a really enough, like enough ample time to investigate where you went wrong and where you can set yourself up for success next. Right. And so that's why like taking, I mean, if you think about it, a month is not that long, right? So giving yourself a month to improve, to study for the next day, it's, I'm going to be very honest, it's not very much time, right? That's a lot to cram in. Your mind is already exhausted. So try to give yourself more time to recuperate, to recalibrate, and to start from start fresh, right? And so that is going to be much more efficient and effective in your next round of studying rather than saying, I need to get a five, whatever the goal score is in one month. Mm. Is that going to realistically happen? Come on, right? Like think about all the responsibilities that you have. We don't live, unfortunately, most people who study for the MCAT aren't studying in a vacuum, right? Like they have a lot of other responsibilities. Hopefully they're not studying in a vacuum because the body, (laughs) the blood boils in a vacuum. I don't know if you've seen a body in a vacuum. It's not pretty. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, there is the doctor. Science nerd. (laughs) <laughs> yes. No, I mean, <laughs> very, yeah, please don't set in a vacuum. But yeah, so we all have responsibilities and they don't stop for that month. Right. So and I think we sometimes overestimate. I'm an overestimator. Right. Like we overestimate our capacity. But when it actually comes to reality, our capacity is not as bountiful as we plan it out to be. So. Yeah. And people, you know, and I think this also connects to a larger topic where people feel uncomfortable about the idea of pushing out MCAT dates. And maybe I'm not the best person to talk for everyone, but I'm a non-trad and I believe that you should take the amount of time that is very comfortable for you to be able to study and study well for the MCAT and not feel like you're cramming so much of it in such a short period of time to get that exam. And I speak as someone who, again, started at a 492, ended up at a 519, and took six months to study. And I had to do that because I'm a non-trad, I had a full-time job, there was no option. And I'm really glad I did that because that just, that alleviated so much of the pressure that I had. So remember to also give yourself some grace. That's really important. All right. So... Uh, give yourself some grace, celebrate uh, not just your score, but taking the test. Yes. And uh, yeah, give give permission to uh, to rest and yes. y- you need it. And the MCAT, yeah, and the MCAT is not the end all be all, right? Like it's not. <laughs> it's I know. It's not, but to the student that we're talking to, it, it definitely yes. feels yeah. like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's when you're in the trenches, it's very hard to remember that. So that's why I also had people on the outside being like, I know this is important. I know this is very stressful, but remember outside of this exam, you're still a wonderful human that's accomplished, that's worthy of love and adoration. And so I was like, okay, that's also helpful because that, again, as much of a positive and a healthier mindset that you can adopt, the better off you'll be. All right, there you have it. Hopefully this was a helpful episode to really help you figure out what you should be doing after you take the MCAT. I hope you have a great week. 
We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.